thank you so much. I never thought that would happen. <laughs> oh, just thanks for the love that's flowing up here. Uh, I want to thank you for being here today because it's a difficult day. You pray, be praying for me, especially as I work through uh, this morning. But thank you for being here. It means so much to me. Let me start with a story. Uh, this is myself and my wonderful wife, uh, Lori. And we went down to the Creation Museum, which is just about six miles south of Cincinnati. How many have been down there? Raise your hand high. All right. Well, the rest of you, you got to go. You got to be there. It's just amazing to see what they've laid out there and all just the information about it. A biblical view of creation. and uh, But they've also got something else. And that's they've got Noah's Ark. Okay. Noah's Ark. Uh, they have rebuilt Noah's Ark to the exact specifications that are in Scripture. I mean, this thing is amazing. It's 510 feet long, 54 feet high, 85 feet wide, and it just takes your breath away. So that's my travel recommendation for the year. Uh, go down there and see it, about six hours to get down there to Cincinnati and uh, it just is a really fun time. Uh, now, let's talk a little about Noah and uh, his story. Read back in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually that every intention of his thoughts, of his heart, was only evil continually. Those are some really evil people, I'd have to say. In fact, God was so frustrated with them and, of course, angered at their sin that he said, I'm going to start over. <laughs> I'm going to wipe everybody out. No one loves me no one is devoted to worship me except for Noah and his family, his three sons. And so I'm going to do it in a flood. And I am going to choose Noah to build this boat. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Now, this is Hebrews chapter 11. It's the hall of faith. It just names so many different people in the Old Testament and how they express faith in God. And you remember that the people who lived during the Old Testament times uh, Jesus Christ had not been crucified yet, but they were saved by faith just as we are. And they had the whole sacrificial system to foreshadow Christ and all different types of laws and things like that. But again, their faith in God, that through the, sac I mean, the law was to tell them you can't do it on your own. That's the purpose of the law. And again, they realized that and they expressed faith in God that you will save us. So, everybody in the Old Testament, devoted followers of God. Again, that's how they became uh, followers of God. And they knew that they were going to go to be with Him in heaven uh, someday. So, there, you have Noah that's going to construct an ark. Now, uh, back in that day, scholars, scientists believe that the the earth was replenished with water uh, through springs, and it, it kind of came up through the ground. So most probably, 
Uh, Noah and the people had never seen rain before. And certainly they hadn't seen a flood before. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can imagine Noah when God talks to him and he says, I want you to build this monstrous boat because there's a flood that's going to come. Wow. Okay. <laughs> really, God? <laughs> Tell me a little more here about the details. I mean, you know, there isn't rain, and I don't know what rain is. And you're really asking me to do this? And God said, yes. And Moah, <laughs> Noah did it. Now, you can imagine, you've got this incredibly evil people surrounding them. There wasn't one, you know, good person in the bunch. And here you have Noah, the follower of God, who starts to build this boat. Now, Noah was 600 years old. He wasn't a young man. But still, you know, he lived beyond that. And you know how long it took to build that boat? Well, Anywhere from 55 years to 120 years. Somewhere in there. It's a long time no matter what it is. And I just, I, I can only imagine these evil people seeing this follower of God, this stupid follower of God, who's building a boat in the middle of nowhere. Can you imagine how they mocked him, how they made fun of him? Oh, that's a long time. I don't know if they just got used to it and said, yeah, the fool. <laughs> sure, but Noah was persecuted, I believe, for his faith. If these people were that evil, they would go after him. And he's one of the fascinating people that I want to talk to in heaven. Tell me about what it was like to build that boat in the midst of all this evil. But he built the boat. And why did he build the boat? Because he had faith in God. Hebrews eleven six again. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So, one of the most critical things, critical actions you need to take, you need to do in your relationship with God is to express faith in Him. And as we've talked about before, usually challenges and problems will force us, hopefully, to have faith in God because we don't see how things are going to work out. It's a mystery to us. And therefore, we have to trust God that He loves us. He wants the best for us. He's got a plan in life that sometimes is difficult in order for us to become more like Jesus Christ, to be refined in the fire. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So, as you look at your own spiritual journey, think about over the last month, let's say the beginning of the year, how much faith have you put in God? And a good way to measure that is how often have you prayed? How often have you read the Word of God? Because if you are active, if you have Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, you're going to be praying. You're going to be asking God, God, I don't understand this. How do I deal with this person? How do I deal with that situation? I don't know. But I am trusting in you, and, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. God, <laughs> when we express faith in him and say, God, I can't do it. You're the creator. You're the one who, who causes everything to live, and, and you're the one who can help me to get through this challenge. We're saying, God, I need you. God. God, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know you're a great God and you want to take care of me. And so I give this impossible situation over to you. And here it says, when you do that, 
when you recognize that you're not God of your life, but He is God and Lord of your life, it satisfies God. Think about that. It's what satisfies you, a good meal, you know, a good movie, time with the family, whatever the case might be. It satisfies you. It feels good. Well, that's the way God feels when we express faith in him. And many times it's really during difficult circumstances. But again, God, again, as I said, he's just waiting in the throne room for you to come and ask him for grace to walk through challenges in your life. That satisfies him. I said, but well, I pray that I don't feel any better. Well, hey, <laughs> that's life, right? Emotions come and go, physical pain, emotional pain, whatever it might be. The point being is that you are pleasing him. So encourage yourself today. When was the last time you really expressed faith in God? When was the last time you satisfied God's desire? When was it? And don't get bummed out of, oh, well, I can't think of anything. Well, you need to again engage. If there's any sin, repent of it and say, okay, God, I mean, I think that everybody would have something that they can't control. Well, you can't control anything, can you? I forgot about that. Okay, (laughs) something in your life that you could give to God, and and maybe you came in today and you were thinking, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're going to go through the service and and, uh, walk out, no change. Think with me about what area does God want you to depend upon him? You've been thinking about it, you've been working through it, you've been trying to control it. It's yours, Lord. Hebrews 11.1 1 is just a wonderful passage. It's not often in the Bible that terms are defined. Okay, faith, righteousness, things like that. But right here at the beginning, okay, guys, let's start out with the main idea. We're going to tell you what faith is, is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So it's saying, God, I don't know how we're going to work through this. I don't know how, what good is going to come out of it. But I have faith in you. I have an assurance that you're going to do the best for me. And, and I like that for things hoped for. There, there's a personal feel, isn't there, that I hope for. Kind of like we get the idea, well, God, he's got his agenda. He doesn't want to please me. No, we know that's not the case. That that, that some things you hope for are good things and that he wants to satisfy your needs for the conviction of things not seen. We look at Noah building this boat decade after decade after decade and he had to have a lot of conviction every day to get up and put it together. I don't know, I just, Lord, you really want this boat? This is taking a lot longer than I expected. He had that conviction. And friends, when you continue to grow in your spiritual life, you need to exercise faith. That's how you grow. Because when you exercise faith, God delivers. And you say, oh, that's pretty helpful. Thank you. (laughs) And then the next time, a little more faith. The next time, a little more faith. And you grow that faith muscle. So yeah, what an unbelievable example of faith. Now, I, uh, I'm sorry that uh, <clears throat> you had to experience uh, some pain this week, realizing that your home church, there's a dynamic happening and God is asking me to resign, and and you just learned about it on Friday, most of you. Uh, yeah, and you're just you're still scratching your head. You're thinking, "What in the world's going on?" In fact, some people after the first service said, "I knew there was something bad about that letter." <laughs> they just had that sense, you know, something not good here uh, from their perspective. And uh, but here it is. You're asking why? Why 
Pastor Dan, are you, are you leaving us? Why uh, are you going somewhere else to minister? What you've got to make sense of this because I am not making sense of this. So here it is. God is leading Dan and Lori to take a radical step of faith in him. That's it. Okay, we're done. No. <laughs> That's it, though. That's it. God is leading Dan and Lori to take a radical step of faith in him. Let's say it together. God is leading Dan and Lori to take a radical step of faith in him. One more time. God is leading Dan and Lori to take a radical step of faith in him. And the reason I want to drill that in your hearts is because there are going to be some times you wonder, that idiot. <laughs> it's interesting being a pastor. It's just like any role in leadership, okay? There's some people that really, really love me. And I want to thank you for that. That, that. And so, oh, just talking to people after the first service, oh, I was just overwhelmed with love and grace. And uh, Some people really love me. Some people who like me, yeah, he's an okay pastor. I like him. I prefer him, I guess, you know. And there's some people who are totally neutral, like, oh, whatever, he's leaving. What's the big deal about, man? We're just going to continue to roll on here. And some people are saying, finally, finally, Harrison, it took you 24 years to get the note from God. (laughs) Most pastors say it at church like for six years, but not you, Harrison. You just keep on hanging on, hanging on, and hanging on. And some of you said, I thought you would be here till retirement. Yeah, there's some people that are very happy. Oh, yeah, I mean, other people in the community, that type of thing. But, okay, all right, God got rid of them. It's just leadership. It's not a big deal. I'm just telling you the dynamics here, just so you know. I mean, we, we all have different chemistry and all that kind of stuff. So, all that to say is that some people won't have a problem with this, whatever your reason is, goodbye. But for those people who love Lori and I, I, I won't include Lori in this thing. Uh, people love Lori all the time, no doubt about it. Right, honey? Yeah, that's right. No, no, they don't love you? How could that be? Like a mother says, who couldn't love you, my son? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> God has leaned in, Lord, to take a radical step. Now, it's interesting uh, because, you know, I was. it was just a very therapeutic process to work through this message because I was able really to think, how do I want to communicate this? How can I reflect my heart in the best way? So that word radical I had to work on. I was in the thesaurus, you know, important, significant, you know, unbelievable. And just look at all the words. And that's the word that I came up with. Radical. And you know what's, why it's so radical? I don't have another church to go to. I don't. And uh, Lori and I, we felt led to do this. But at the same time, it's kind of like, <laughs> what are you doing here, God? Right, what are you doing here? Uh, he's told us. But we're still processing through it, and we're going to go through the grief process as we all do. But it is radical. It's the most radical thing that I have ever done in my walk with God. I mean, it's that radical. It's kind of like, I don't even fully process through it. I'll break down. Now, like, really, God? I mean, really? And he says, yes, Dan. I am taking you out on a new adventure. But yeah. <laughs> and I was somebody still saying, why, Dan? You still have not satisfied me yet. There's got to be something more. Why, why, why? And a lot of people say, oh, there's something behind the scenes. Things are going on. 
We've got to be careful. I know it goes much deeper than this. There's always a story in the back office, you know. I'm saying, no, there's not. Do you believe me? You need to believe me because it's the truth. It's as simple as you read it. And uh, I mean, there are other things I'll talk about here in a moment, but but why, 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 why? You know, we we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters at Harvest Bible Chapel. I mean, what kind of service are they having today? James McDonald been there for many, many years, and. Uh, he had a relationship with a shock jock and a spiritual mentor. And the shock jock has presented audio of James saying very sinful things. And it just crushed my heart to see that. Um, just be praying. Praying for those believers because it's so easy to become disenchanted, and oh, okay, I thought he was a fake anyway. You know, especially for just other people in our community. I mean, first we have Willow, and now we have this. And, uh, oh, people are struggling. Let's pray for, let's pray right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for the church family of Harvest Bible Chapel, 12,000 strong but they're weak today, Lord. Very, very difficult time in dealing with the sin of their pastor. And Lord, you work through everything. Just through all the mess and the trash. And I just pray that you would comfort them today. And I pray that they would not drift from the church because of this. They wouldn't check out. Lord, we know you're in control. In Christ's name, amen and amen. Just one thing I want to say, nothing like that was going on with me. <laughs> no sexual impropriety or financial or whatever. None of that was going on, okay? So I, when, when, when <laughs> on Thursday night when I, when I found that out, I said, oh, this is bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to throw me in the... <laughs> but God will take care of all that. I just want to make clear, though. We're all good. The elders are good. That kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. a radical step of faith in him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. And I want to tell you from my heart, I tell you, I have some of the best advisors counselors. I mean, I'm just amazed at the people I can go to and the experiences they've had. And they're consultants. They're, they're just experts in church stuff. And they, okay, Springbrook has been so blessed by these people because I say, what should I do? You know, and they've come through in a wonderful way. So even though this really seems strange to you. I'm not a fool. I have talked to wise counselors. I've processed it with them. And, and, and I've really dealt with a lot of stuff in terms of just, okay, is God really asking me to do this? And, and, and they have counseled me in the right way. Friends, when you have a problem in your life, talk to somebody. That's why it's so important to be part of a small group. Because a small group, you, you get to know people, and over time, if you want to, you can kind of slowly talk about your life because everybody else is sharing their stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, everybody's not perfect anyway. <laughs> right? And that's what I would encourage you to do as you, pro I mean, it, it, talk about grief, it's a process. So process with someone. 
process with me. Give me a call. I mean, I'd love to talk with you. I've just spent a lot of time with people this week, just helping them process. And it just, it's just takes time. It takes time. Um, but why? I know some of you are still asking that. You're saying, Dan, what are you holding back on? What are you holding back on, Dan? This does not make any sense. Well, again, God is leading Dan and Lori to take a radical step of faith in him. I'm so grateful to the elders. Uh, they're helping me out with a certain period of time here, and uh, I'm so generous of them as I follow God's lead. But it's radical. Um, when you think about radical decisions, I know the majority of you are Christ followers. And for those who aren't, I would encourage you to, to repent and believe what Jesus Christ has done for you. But all of you came to a point in your life, those of you who are Christ followers, and say, okay, the world is not teaching me healthy things. I mean, they say, do it on your own, and I am just really messing up here. And the Holy Spirit filled you, and you said, Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus Christ is going to give me born again. The Spirit's going to come within me, and I'll be his child. And, and that, that, that came in clear focus to you. And uh, you know what the world would say about your faith and your, your conviction, your faith, your assurance. They'd say, you're stupid. Right? Can we be frank here? I mean, that's why some of you are, don't broadcast the idea that you're a Christ follower a lot. Because you don't want to be perceived as stupid. You don't want to be perceived as, as having the crutch. Oh, yeah, I can't handle life myself, so I need Jesus. Oh, you're so weak. You're so intellectually <laughs> dwarfed. You have to fall for that stuff. You're stupid. And, you know, that's why people do not share their faith. That's why people don't talk about the gospel with others. That's why some people, they're closet Christians, right? Because I don't want to be perceived as stupid. Well, the Bible says... We're all fools for Jesus, right? Yeah. Again, yeah, that's stupid. And, and I know some of you are out there today, and you're saying, Dan is really stupid. I mean, <laughs> he still hasn't answered the why question in my mind. He doesn't have a job, so why would he be leaving? You ever had people who just, you know, quit their job and say, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense if they don't have something lined up. So, Dan, I, I, I had a greater respect for him now or then than I do now. And you see, that is the greatest compliment you could give me. I'm stupid for Jesus. I'm an ignoramus for Jesus. I know some of you are saying, Dan, come on, get your, get your head in gear. And, and uh, uh, God told me I got to do it. It doesn't make any sense. And he's satisfied with that. You're stupid. Now, I'm not saying that people don't make stupid decisions. I've talked with so many people. I said, yeah, God is leading me. I'm going to have faith in him. I'm saying, well, you know, let's dialogue. Let's process about your decision because it really is stupid. Now, I put the God factor in there, but even with the God factor, that's not the wisest thing to do. But here's the problem is other people who don't know Jesus 
other Christ followers who are not as mature as you, um, they're going to think you're stupid for trusting in God like that. And uh, again, you get to a point in maturity in Christ where again, it's okay. I'm a child of the God of the universe. And he can do anything. And you might call me stupid. But I know I'm not. I'm wise. Are you scared of being called stupid? For being a Christ follower? How many people know that you're a follower of his? Even going to church is kind of weird. <laughs> you still go to church, man. I mean, back in the old days, it was a cultural thing to do. You know, you had to be involved in the church, upstanding member of the community. Now it's just, you know. You just have to accept that. But I tell you, again, for my maturity, ah, it's the greatest compliment. It really is. It's radical. Now, I realize, depending upon where you guys are at, that, uh, you know, a lot of you are still in shock. I mean, you got the letter email on Friday, and you're sitting here, I still can't believe this is happening. And then, of course, you move into denial and anger and bargaining and guilt and depression, etc. So, now again, this is Kubler-Ross's material, and, and yes, those are stages of grief that we emotionally go through and that's so important, you know, especially if you, you lose your husband, your, your wife, your kids, or somebody very close to you. You've got to understand and accept that, you know, it's not going to be a week and say, oh, well, I'm back to normal. No, 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 no. So I want to encourage you guys. That, that's why processing is so important. It's so important just to talk about something. There's something so therapeutic about that. But to realize that maybe, you know, I don't know, week, a month, you might say, that was a really bad decision Dan made. And, uh, but you've got to realize what's going on in your heart. You are, dis again, for people who really are grieving, uh, you are disoriented emotionally. You know, we, we all have things set up in a certain way in life. And there's this, some sense of stability. And something like this, for people who've been here a long time, that kind of thing, it really kind of shakes it up. It's like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. And, uh, yeah. So, so, so just be aware of that. And I encourage you in the small groups to talk about this and process it. And I'd love to talk with you, elders, anybody. But, but, but and this is the most important thing, Okay. What happens in churches sometimes when there is a pastor that is stepping down, people in their emotion say, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. You know, Harrison said he'd be there for me, and now he's taken off. And, you know, everybody comes to church for different reasons. And some people just put up with me, okay, we got to learn. <laughs> hopefully they want to learn the truth. But the point being is, is that everybody has different motivations. And that way, when some people leave, you say, what in the world went on there? Well, many times it's a personal crisis in their own lives where they don't want to reveal that. Or, or again, you don't want to come back to the memories or something of that nature. Please, please, do not leave this church because I'm leaving. I'm not saying I'm so great. I, I, I just know how churches work and, and how people emotionally attach to a church. Don't do that. In fact, if you leave, you might just be getting a call from me. Yeah, Rich will keep me abreast. Oh, they just left. Okay, well, give me their number. And I'll lovingly call you and say, I understand. What is it? Well, I mean, you don't have to be specific. I'm not looking to know other things, but I'm just saying, please stay. 
yes, it will be difficult. It will be challenging as you look for a new pastor. It, it, it's hard. But again, <laughs> you know, if you have faith in God, if you have faith that, that God has done amazing things here at Springbrook, and just because I'm leaving, that's not going to stop, all right? Uh, don't leave. In fact, what I would encourage you to do is to lean in. Lean into the church. Springbrook needs you now more than ever. Take out your insert. And uh, <clears throat> it's uh, kind of a tear-off slip here. And if you feel so led, responding to these different things, uh, put it in the offering plate. I would like to talk to Pastor Dan. I would love to call you if you want to process some more or just whatever. If it would if, if be a healthy step for you to call me, I would love to talk to you. If you want to get together with me, I'll get together with you. So I would like to meet with Pastor Dan and a group. If you just want to meet you and I, that's fine. But, but you know, if we get enough people, we'll put a group together. And again, maybe nobody wants to get in a group. I don't know. I'm Again... As your pastor who's loved you, as your pastor and wife who's birthed this church to the power of God, I want this to be the best transition that it can be. Right? All right. So, here's another thing. I want you to take a radical step with me. I don't want to be flailing out there and nobody else is flailing. Right? <laughs> Come on! It... it <laughs> If you want to take a radical step for Christ, let's do it together. So I'm hoping, okay, how can I disciple my congregation as I leave? Well, I'm saying, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be back here. And again, I'm not going to be attending here or anything. It's just really healthy for the church just to, again, go through the grieving stage you can call me whatever, but again, again, I'm stepping down as your pastor, and uh, so that's important to understand because that, that 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 hurts as well. But in order for the church to move forward, that, that's important. But uh, yeah, how about publicly have these different radical steps: repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Now you've been attending Springbrook and. You've been caught up in doing good works for God. And you know that's not the truth now. So you can check that off. Uh, make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Some of you are at that point where you've kind of gotten into walking with Christ. And, and, and many times after a person becomes a Christian, there's a point in life where you go, ding! Oh, Jesus wants to control every area of my life. <laughs> Really? <laughs> and you need to grow to maturity where you say, yes, God. But many times what happens is, is that we have a, a couple favorite areas over here that are really, really important, you know, like our, our stuff or our kids or other relationships or success, and whatever it might be. And you say, God, you can have the whole house, but I... I want to keep the garage, okay? I mean, I get, hey, give me some credit here. You know, I am really making a sacrifice here. I, I want you to be Lord of 80% of my house. <laughs> Maybe today there's an area that you've been saying, this is too important, and I'm going to control it, but I don't trust God with it. And you're going to take that radical step of faith. And when I, when I talk about radical, it's something you thought you never would do. I never thought I would be in a situation where God's called me to do this. That's why it's radical. Okay? Or how about publicly uh, proclaim your faith in water baptism? Oh, I know. That's, that's a tough one for a lot of people, and I understand. But Jesus still said you've got to do it. And again, I've never had anybody say, that was a terrible experience. Why would you put me through that? No, they're full of joy. But I tell you, I'll just be totally honest with you. I'm taking off. I just, what do I have to lose? <laughs> you know? 
if you have not been baptized by immersion, I will be calling you. And if you've been on the list for a long time, and again, not to confront you, I'm just going to say, hey, next Sunday, February 24th, my last Sunday, I want to baptize you. And caller ID, fine, don't answer the call. Uh, maybe I'll email and text you, I don't know. But the point being is I want to challenge you. It's time to get serious. You've got to lean into this church. You've got to support this church. And therefore, you need to be baptized. You need to become a member. You need to give more out of your financial resources than you ever have. Why? Because you need to do that to give Jesus your heart, right? Jesus your heart. And Springbrook needs your resources more than ever. So for some of you, that's a real radical step. Maybe you want to jump up to a tithe. Whoa. You've got to be kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. Um, that's a wonderful faith journey when you jump up there. Or at least, you know, as far as your, your faith carries, maybe you're at 2% and let me get to 5% and just continue to grow in that way. Be intentional about loving a person to Jesus. Who is the person that you are willing to admit that you're a stupid follower of Christ? And uh, people are very nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and what, another thing I want from you is I want to hear your story. This will, will help Lori and I as we go through this uh, journey. Uh, we just want to hear what God has done through the ministry of Springbrook in your life. It can be a letter. It can be an email. It can be a voicemail. I know guys aren't big on writing, so just a short text. <laughs> speak into your phone, you know. That'd be such a tremendous gift to us. And we'll share those things. Uh, with the church, and they can celebrate those things as well. But that, if you really want to minister to Lori and I's heart, um, that would mean so much. And, of course, prayer, 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 prayer. So many people say, Dan, we pray for you every day. And that still blows me away when I hear that. It's like, oh, yeah, you should be. No, I never say that. Really? You pray every day for me? And I tell you what, those who have prayed regularly for me have carried me through the last 24 years. Ministry has great joys, but great suffering. And you, you pray for all the pastors and whoever else you got on your list. Because we need it. It's a spiritual battle that's going on. Uh, God has leading us into a new season of life. I tell you, the last three years, are going, Woo! You know, it's like, what's going on here? I mean, life was normal back in the summer of 2015, and Wes and Brenna are here. Yeah, aren't they attractive people? I tell you, what a good-looking couple, no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, yeah, so it was in November that you guys met? February, okay, February you met. And you were married the same year, is that right? Next year, okay. All right. I just remember talking with Wes. Now, he's a good-looking guy, but he didn't date many girls, you know. And there were girls that were trying to get at him, and he just, you know. And so he told us about how he had gone out with Brenna, and he was kind of stalking her, you know, on campus. It's true, we stalk. Come on, man, let's all be honest here. <laughs> um. And all of a sudden, they were getting married. I'm saying, Wes, what's the deal here, man? I mean, this came out of nowhere. So, let's see, July of 2016, they were married. And it was such a blessing. Then, oh, that wasn't enough. While their marriage was going on, Brian and Katie were dating. They said, well, we're going to get married in May of 2017. You're killing me here. 
Come on, man. I cannot take this much change at the same time. And then my youngest son, Thomas, wonderful man, um, in uh, 2000, I think it was 2017, the fall of 2017, God gave him the gift of an intern or apprenticeship in electrical wire and cabling, that type of things. And he had no idea what he wanted to do in life. And God just, here you are. And he's been gone from our home for a year and a half. Hey, this empty nest thing, this is weird. It really is very weird. Who's left? Yeah. Rizzo on the left, named after the Cub player. And Shadow on the right. And it's really scary to me because I'm seeking to build a stronger relationship with these dogs. I have never had any desire in the past. Yeah, they're, yeah, whatever. But Lori says, look into their eyes. When you look into their eyes, you create a bond. So I've been doing it. Ta- oh, Shadow, I love you so much. Oh, I do. It's strange, you know. It's just like, what am I doing? Is it that bad that I have to get emotional feel-goods from dogs? Yes, it is. 24 years ago, what was happening? 22 years ago, that is. Nintendo 64. The future is here. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, my boys and I played Mario Kart so many stinking times, and I'd always lose. And then they went to the next level, you know, where people are shooting each other, like West down here, you know. Oh, teach me your game. And he shoots me right away. I'm saying, I cannot learn when I'm dead. Could you protect me? And they said, Dad, just step away. Step away. We'll play Mario Kart. Just, you know, give you some satisfaction sometimes. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Never watched it. Came out that year. Oh, Blue's Clues. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah, that's the year it started. And what was the hottest Christmas present? Can anybody tell me? 1996. It's the one that most naturally would come to your mind probably. Anybody? Elmo, that's right! You won, Matt Johnson! You're not getting anything, but you won. Um, yeah, Elmo! <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm getting older. And I know you say, but Dan, your physique. <laughs> no, the six-pack abs you have that I hide because I don't want people to be jealous of me. I put padding around so I look like a middle-aged pastor. And, uh, but your, your luscious hair. Can I just put your hands in your hair? Just so, yeah. yeah, I'm getting older. And uh, I need to figure this thing out. I just want to thank the seniors everywhere. You guys have modeled what it means to grow older. But I still, I'm just not getting it per se. You know, and I really, this is very interesting, Okay. I believe one of the reasons that God is doing this, taking my identity away, ministry identity, is to prepare me for the future. Because sometime I will retire. And again, that's not the main reason, but it's going to help me emotionally just to kind of detach and say, I'm just Stan Harrison, a servant of the Lord, and I'll take whatever ministry he gives me. And so, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, it really just blew me away. Lawndale Community Church and Ministry. How many went down to Lawndale? In the city of Chicago. Yeah, I don't remember Eric taking us on a bunch of tours down there. and It was just unbelievable, the holistic disciple-making effort that they had going on there, helping people who were needy, and not just spiritually, but, you know, Health and fitness and food and all that kind of thing. And, and uh, this is Daryl Sephora. And I tell you, uh, I, I can't, when I think about high capacity guys, it's Daryl. I mean, he was the music pastor. 
he was the executive pastor coach who founded Lawndale, uh, was still there and leading, you know, a little distant. But Eric was doing everything. I, I just was amazed. And then Eric died of a stroke at the age of 50. God, you need him down there. That, that, that place can't sing without him. And God said to me, Dan, I didn't need Daryl, and I don't need you. Wow, man. Um, yeah, that really taught me a lot. It just got me thinking about the whole season of life I was in and thinking about the future and you know, God really came through. And so it's a season of life that we've stepped into and I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think God is going to teach me a lot of things in this next chapter about serving Him. All right, well, we'll talk about the church next week we'll talk about uh you know how you know god's plans for springbrook uh how you need to step up and just really it will be a lesson in how to handle transition and re- similar themes but more focused on okay you guys got to move ahead as a church so here's my encouragement to you and we're going to have the farewell dinner uh in the evening which i'm so appreciative of and it'll be at six o'clock we're having our business meeting at 5, and then the dinner farewell. So you got to sign up for that. I would love to have you there. Um, yeah, uh, afterwards, I'm going to be out there uh, by uh, the front counter, Lori and I. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for what you're doing in my life. It's hard. I don't want to go through the grief process, but already started so help me and Lori through it and other friends here whatever they might be grieving over whatever sense of loss they have in their life Lord thank you for leading us to a radical step of faith and I'm really interested to see what you're going to do <laughs> but Lord I want to satisfy you I want to do what you called me to do and just to rest in you Lord, thank you in Christ's name, amen.